Father, we thank you for your word to us. We thank you for the gift of your spirit. And we pray now that your spirit will be at work in us, illuminating your words to us. Speak to us this morning, we pray, and help us to live as your people in this world for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If we were to go into town this afternoon, I know there won't be many people in town, but if we were to go into town and survey the people of Accrington with this question, how do you think they would respond? What would you need to be happy? What would you need to be happier? I wonder what people would say. How would they respond? Maybe something like, more money would be wonderful. That would make me so much happier. Not having to worry about paying the bills or putting food on the table. More money would make me happier. Maybe a bigger house would be a response. Or to have more time. Or maybe a different relationship status. I wonder how people would answer that question. I wonder how you would answer that question. I think for most people, we tend to think that if our circumstances changed, then we would be happier. If they could be changed, all our problems would disappear and our happiness would increase. We see it all the time in the world around us. It feeds us with the idea that there is something bigger and better. Apple do it every year with the iPhone, the new iPhone, the best iPhone that has ever been. You need this iPhone. It will change your life. That's what we're fed all the time by the world. But this is the problem. As we think like that, as we seek the next bigger and better thing, it often leads to discontentment rather than increased happiness. Those things never satisfy. We can think that a change in our circumstance or situation will be great, and sometimes we need that, and it is great. But generally, the grass isn't always greener. And we can do the same as Christians. If my circumstances were different, I could serve the Lord so much better. That is what the Corinthians were doing. They were wanting to change their circumstance since becoming a Christian, since being born again, because they thought that if their circumstances changed, then they would be living in this sort of spiritual or more spiritual place. There's nothing wrong with us wanting um, better. There's nothing wrong with us taking those opportunities that we have in this country to better ourselves. But what we'll see in this chapter, the point Paul will make this morning, is that it's not our circumstances, not our situation uh, that brings satisfaction, that brings contentment, that identifies us. What he will say is that our identity is in Christ. And that is what is important. And so Paul begins by reminding them that they were called. 
Three, time Paul, three times Paul repeats himself. First of all, in verse 17, each of you should continue to live in whatever situation the Lord has placed you and re remain as you were when God first called you. Yes, each of you should remain as you were when God called you. That was verse 20. And then verse 24, each of you, dear brothers and sisters, should remain as you were when God first called you. So Paul is addressing that problem. They were wanting to free themselves from marriage and other things because they thought that that was the spiritual thing to do. Yet Paul reminds them, uh, or encourages them to remain as they were when they were called, when they were saved. And that is what Paul means when he uses that word called. And it was repeated a number of times in those first few verses of our reading. That call that Paul is referring to is that call to salvation. God's saving grace in Christ. And Paul is saying, that is where you were called and that is where your identity is to be found. Isn't that the glorious truth of Christianity? That we're called into a relationship with Jesus and in him we find our identity. Everything else flows from that. And Paul reminds us again, as we've heard a few weeks ago, that this calling, this salvation that we have came at a price. And that price was Christ's death upon the cross. And so your primary calling, Paul says, as Christians, is a call to salvation. That is the primary call that we have all received. Paul mentions another call in verse 17. And this is the um, vocational call, we'll call it. This is the secondary call. We're not meant to find our identity, our fulfillment, our security in this vocational call. Although we often do that. We find our identity, or we define our identity in being a husband or a wife, or in our job, or in our home, or wherever it is. Paul's reminding them and he's reminding us that we don't find our identity in our circumstance. What defines us, what defines our identity is Christ. And Paul gives two examples um, it, it, with that thought. So verse 18 to 20, he picks up this idea of the circumcised and the uncircumcised, the Jew and the Gentile. Those um, who were saved were wanting to change their external uh, circumstance. And yet Paul reminds them that that is irrelevant when it comes to your identity in Christ. You should remain as you are because you were called into Christ. It makes no difference to salvation whether you've been circumcised or you are uncircumcised. What matters is keeping God's commandments. What matters is living the Christian life for God and for His glory. That is what counts. Then he moves on to give us an illustration uh, with slaves. The slave and the free. He's saying 
Uh, no matter what our earthly calling is, we are free people in Jesus. So whether we're a slave or whether we're a freed person, we are all free in Christ. And it's important that we note that slave here isn't um, what we might immediately go to. It's not the sort of slave trade that we would think of. He's not advocating for that or promoting that in any sense at all. Because in fact, he says, if you're a slave, it is good for you to seek your freedom. In the, in the first century, slave, slavery was not racial slavery. Nor were all slaves owned by their master as property. Many slaves had rights Many would have sold themselves into slavery for the advantages that it would bring. Then they would later buy themselves out of slavery. What Paul is saying, whether you're a slave or whether you're free, what, I, what identifies you is being in Christ. That is where our freedom is. Paul's wanting to, the Corinthians to know that our circumstances are not unimportant, but they are not to be viewed as ultimate. Both these pictures that Paul gives remind me of, of what he says in Corinthians chapter 3. So in Christ Jesus, you are, caught, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, neither is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. When God calls us to salvation in Christ, our identity is then found in Him. We are clothed in Him. We belong to Him. And we are to live, to live out that calling in all situations and circumstances of life because that is where God has placed us. Yes, there are reasons sometimes to change circumstance and the situation that we find ourselves in. But becoming a Christian doesn't automatically mean that we need to change those circumstances. Wherever we are, Paul is urging us to live a faithful Christian life in uh, that realm. What he's calling for is for us to be content. Be content in the situation that God has placed you in when he called you to himself in Christ. Be content in that situation and serve the Lord for his glory. Paul then moves on to address one of the questions that the Corinthian Christians had asked uh, in the realm of those who are sort of engaged to be married. What happens there? Should they continue down that path or should they remain single? And Paul says, it is better for you to remain single. It is better for you not to get married and remain single. Why? Well, he says, first of all, to avoid trouble. Marriage is hard. 
If you're married, you know that marriage is hard. It's not the easy life. It doesn't answer all our problems. Getting married uh, doesn't solve uh, life's great issues. Marriage is hard. And Paul is saying to those who are thinking about getting married or who are single, well, marriage is hard. And he wants them to know that. He says it is better to remain single because time is short. And he says it is better better to remain single so that you can serve the Lord undivided. When married, our priorities are divided. Divided between serving the Lord and serving our families. And just in case we're mishearing what Paul is saying, he's not saying that marriage is bad. Marriage is good. It is a gift from God. It is a picture of the gospel. But as Paul writes to the Corinthian church, he's saying it is better for you to be single. It is better for you to remain as you are. And he goes on, if you're engaged to be married and, and, and sexual temptation is overwhelming, then marry that person for the sake of purity and holiness. It is not a sin to be married, says Paul. If you're single and you can fight against that temptation, then remain single for the sake of purity and holiness. And to the widow, you are free to marry, says Paul, but only one who is a believer. In all these circumstances and situations, Paul wants the Corinthian Christians to be content where they are. Both married and singleness is a good gift from God. Paul is saying, in whatever situation you find yourself in, when you are called to salvation, be content in that situation and be devoted to the Lord. Serve the Lord. It is easier to serve the Lord if your um, time is undivided because you're single. But the call is to serve the Lord in all situations of life. I discovered a new saying this week. I don't know if you've heard it before. Bloom where you are planted. Bloom where you are planted. I'd never heard that before. And it's a brilliant phrase that sort of sums up all that Paul is saying in this chapter in 1 Corinthians. It captures uh, this biblical principle of being content where you are. Paul's point throughout this chapter in Corinthians is be content where God has placed you and make the most of the opportunity to serve Him. That's what we read in verse 17. Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to him. The call this morning is for us to live as believers where we are being called as Christians. 
John Calvin wrote, the Lord bids each one of us in all life's actions to look to his calling. For he knows with what great restlessness human nature flames, with what fickleness is born hither and thither, how its ambitions long to embrace various things at once. Therefore, lest through our stupidity and rashness everything be turned topsy-turvy, he has appointed duties for every man in his particular way of life. And that no one may thoughtlessly transgress his limits, he has named the various kinds of living callings. Therefore, each individual has his own kind of living assigned to him by the Lord as a sort of sentry post so he may not heedlessly wander about throughout life. Constantly daydreaming of something better leads to discontentment and it leads to missed opportunities. Let's remember this morning our calling as Christians, that call to salvation in Christ. Our identity is in Him and not in our circumstances. Let us be content and let us serve the Lord faithfully. Let us live as believers in whatever situation we find ourselves in. Bloom where you are planted. And let us remember that we are to serve the Lord in all situations. We're to do it all for his glory. I often hear people say, I feel like God is calling me to serve him in something different. And that's wonderful to hear. But let's not use that as an excuse not to serve God in the situation that we find ourselves in at that moment. Because God has placed us there to serve him. So let's not wait and miss opportunities for, for something that we think is better. Let us serve him now as his people for his glory. Let us live as believers in whatever situation the Lord has placed us in. How are you serving the Lord in your specific circumstance and situation? How are you serving the Lord in your marriage, in your singleness, in your job? Let us serve the Lord faithfully for his glory, knowing that he has placed us there to serve him. Amen.